Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Mac, Jack, and Jim Big Football Show as we are on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch Live. We're being shared all over the place as we bring you our Sunday show every week. Mac and Jack is on Thursday through Sunday, 8 to 10 a.m. I'm your host, Mac, with your co-host, legendary Hall of Fame boxing writer and sports historian, Jack Hirsch. Later on in the show, we'll bring in our other co-hosts, the legendary two-time Super Bowl champion, Jim Jeffcoat of the Dallas Cowboys, who shares the show with us on Sundays. Folks, today we have on Keith Angle with the Patriots preview. We'll be in very shortly, followed by Jetman with his Jets preview. Uh, he'll be in around 8.20. Robert Butler from Sportscope, who comes in every Sunday and spends time with us talking about all the NFL news. And finally, the Philly sports guy around 9.10 coming in and giving you your Eagles report. So, Jack, good morning, everybody. Good morning, Jack. And, and Good morning, Mac. You know, there's a, a lot of things happening in the NFL and sports period. We know COVID variant is raising a cane all through sports, and they're trying to change the way they do business because, of course, they want seasons to go on and make money and, and let keep the fans happy all at once while trying to keep the players safe, which is almost impossible. So the NFL has revised its requirements on asymptomatic players. In other words, they're players that won't catch it, who have had their have had their uh, their shot. And um, <laughs> oh Lord, sorry folks, but Jim Jeffco just popped in. Not as Jim Jeffco, but the twenty third pick in the nineteen eighty three draft. He's awesome. All right, let's bring up Jim. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. You are crazy. I just want you to know. That's not what you wore when you were selected, Jim, was it? Uh, no, it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> no, it wasn't. I'm oh. not on the West Coast today. Are you? Beautiful. Yes. Beautiful. You're, up early. You're up early, early. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. So, Jim, we started off the show, of course. I knew this was going to happen. We had Byron on with the NFLPA and the asymptomatic players now. They don't have to go to weekly tests anymore, right? They're going to, they got their shots. They're asymptomatic. The NFL is going to get them in quicker. So the games are better and the starters are playing and the, and the season pushes on and, and we don't have, you know, uh, truck drivers from one team uh, playing for one team and against the NFL stars. So, so they've changed the rules. I think they've had to, mm -hmm. otherwise the season would have gone down the tubes and I was, I was, I'm going to bring this up with Robert later on in the show. And I'm thinking maybe we got to start treating COVID like the regular flu, right? They're going to give the players the option of getting out for the year if they want. No problem. If you want to opt out, you can. If you want to do video calls, you can. They're giving the players the option to do that. But back in the day, I know a lot of players played with the common flu, which can turn into pneumonia. It can, can also, uh, you know, cause death. And I remember players on the sideline, as I know you do too, Jim, and I don't know if you ever did it, where you were taking IVs during the game and, and you know, and trying to get your strength back to continue playing. So a change in the rules. And what do you think about that, Jim? Maybe we start just treating it like the flu. If you want to play, you're, you're asymptomatic, you've had your shots, you know, we just take care of you as we, as we go. Well, the only problem I have with that in – Fortunately, we haven't had a death in the uh, professional sports for whatever reason. But you got to remember, in the general public, this is a lot more dangerous than the flu. 
the COVID obviously is more dangerous. Sure. And in the um, pro realm, it isn't. You don't want to cancel games, obviously. And these guys are highly conditioned. And But there's underlying conditions. And we, like I said, we haven't seen it. We've seen people that have retired that have died, but we haven't seen a pro athlete. And that's the thing that's scary because right. eventually, let's be honest, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, it, it's quite possible. It's quite possible. Yeah. But, 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 again, but again, Jim, you know, um, people with underlying conditions, if they get sick from anything, could pass away because of that. So that's true. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I I'm don't, not, yeah, and I don't know what the answer is, too. I don't I think you could. They, pardon me, Jack? I don't think you could let them play. Jim, you'd know better than anyone. A lot of trash talk goes on in the field. Take a quarterback, for example. He has relatives with underlying conditions. He doesn't need a defensive lineman who keeps telling him, I have COVID and I'm bringing it to you, baby, charging him. You know, that trash talk goes on. And then the quarterback decides, I'm, I'm not playing. I'm not playing with this guy. And you yeah. have players who voluntarily just wouldn't play because other players on the field have COVID because, you know, it's it's allowed, but he's not playing. Yeah, but you bring up, uh, both you guys bring up an interesting point. But now what happened with Antonio um, Brown and uh, what if guys start getting fake vaccination cards and they're exposing other players to this? You have to look at it from that standpoint too, is, is that if they start doing things to skirt the rules, now we got another issue. This is a, a unique issue in our day and time. And there is no simple answer, like you said, Mac. There's no simple answer for it because it's a personal choice, whether you vaccinate, whether you don't. But what's concerning is 26, 26 players from the Washington football team were actually weren't going to play. Uh, I think it was yesterday, wasn't it? And now they moved it to Tuesday. Right. So and think there, about that. And some Washington players have already been reinstated today. Jim. Yes. So very yes. interesting. So let's, let's 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 get off of that for a minute and talk about a cornerback from the Minnesota Vikings, Deshaun Breland. Uh, you know, during practice, um, I don't know if he's been having a rough year. I haven't been following him, but he was out there on the field with the starters, and they pulled him off the field and turned him to the sideline. He went back to the locker room, got in his street shoes, came back onto the field, and ended up with a in a big argument with not only the coaches but the players which was verbal yes. big big thing the gm takes him back to the office and waves him um i mean i don't know what's going on I, I, did that happen in your day jim when players and uh, would go after coaches and other players on the field and if they did how did they handle that well it never happened in my day but um as a coach that's a difficult situation and this speaks to today's generation too and i'm not saying right or wrong but players think that they know everything and they're entitled to do what they want to do but that's not true it's still team and that's the big thing i don't you know i know that he did get cut because of the incident but you can't go after a, a coach you can't go after a, a, your teammates that's ridiculous. Um, remember uh, in the beginning of the year, that happened with Joe Judge, where right. players 
were um, fighting in practice, and he made them all run. He did the right thing. And then you had players complaining, and he let them go. He let them go about his coaching style. It is not a I – never, I never forget this about Michael Jordan. There is no I in team, but there's me. <laughs> so, <laughs> But that is. That's right. true. And in any sport, the teams that are successful, you we always talk about Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers makes his mistakes off the field, as we've all mentioned, but his team rallied around him, and that's why they're successful. They're still a team. Right. They're still together, and that's what you have to be. You have to be to be successful. You have to be together as a team. I mean, you can't have all those individuals, 22 individuals, or even uh, a team that's individuals. You got to have players that rally you rally around, and that's was my biggest uh, thing about the Rams. They got great players, the Aaron Donalds, the Von Millers, obviously the Stafford, but are they a team? And that's what you question because in those tough situations, if you notice the teams win, not just the individuals. Jim, but that Freeland has been having a rough year for the Vikings. Yes. If he was having a Pro Bowl caliber year. I could guarantee he wouldn't have been cut. They would have talked to him. They maybe would have given him a little fine. It's the Jimmy Johnson rule. Different rules for different no, no, players. No if you're a star player... You put up with it. Like when Leon Lett touched the ball, you know, and cost your team a game, the Cowboys a game back in the day. And, you know, a mediocre player, average player would have gotten cut. Jimmy Johnson would have made his point to show how tough he was in the discipline. But because it was a star player with a lot of upside going forward, Jimmy Johnson said he'll learn from this and get over it. Yes. Great point, Jack. But Michael Irvin. We were playing the Minnesota Vikings of all teams, and he missed the plane. And it was a funny thing because he was late to the plane. And the plane, um, we had a time to leave, and the, uh, Bruce Mays, who was the head of player direct, uh, player personnel, said, uh, Jim, Michael's not here. Jimmy said, leave. He'll find his own way there. And he sat him for the first quarter of the game. And then after the game, the reporters asked, well, why didn't you send him for the whole game? He said, I'm stupid, but I'm not dumb. Wait, 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 Jack, Jack. We got we to push on, buddy. Um, coming up right now, TGI Sports Talk hosts himself, Keith Angle, with the Patriots update because they played last night. And, of course, we'll pre- preview the upcoming game. So let's bring on the great host from TGI Sports. Good morning, Keith. Good morning, guys. Can I do a preview of the game? I think it would go much better. I, I think we should bet on the game right now. Matt, keep saying preview. The get on game was played, Matt. Jack, you got to listen to what I say. Update and preview. I know you don't listen to me, but please listen to me. Listen, okay. I'm happy that Jack's valet got out the correct uh, wardrobe for him today. Yeah, so, me too. Yeah, well, I, I was going to tell a great j- story that Jim would have appreciated with the Cowboys, yeah. but Max said we had to move forward. Well, of course, we you got know, people coming on, well, giving us their I time. I tell it. No, you can't <laughs> tell it, Jack. So, Keith, <laughs> let's take a look. Let's take a look at last night's game. We talked Friday that this was a perfect spot where the Patriots might get beat. They've been on a hot streak. They're going up against a physical team that loves to run the ball. And even though the Patriots do give up a lot of yards, they really bend, don't break. Well, that didn't happen yesterday, right? Wentz only threw 12 times. So they just ran the ball to the Patriots the whole game. And, uh, 
you know, New England had a problem running the ball. They turned to Mac Jones. He threw for a lot of yards, a couple of touchdowns, but a couple of interceptions too. There was a block punt in the end zone that helped the Colts. And they were they were all over you till the fourth quarter where you guys put up 17 points. Is it is it really a big deal? I mean, like I said, you can't win every game unless you're the Miami Dolphins or the, the Browns from the old AFCC uh, back in the 50s. It's very hard to do. So good learning experience, kind of get your, your head back to mm. we got to do this and we got to do that and something for Bill Belichick to kind of yell at him and teach him about. Yeah, I mean, the, the, Belichick loves those moments, and we talked about the fact that maybe going into the playoffs with an 11-game winning streak, if that were to happen, wouldn't be a great thing. Anyway, I don't. I still want to win the games, right? And so do they, but this is a good moment for them, and it's a good learning moment for Mac Jones because he probably made some of the worst decisions last night he's made all year, uh, at least early in the game. But he came back and showed late in the game that he's got that resiliency that we keep saying that he has. He brought this team back. And as far as the defense goes, you know, <laughs> the defense really only – they played as well as they could good. The Patriots offense and special teams put them in a horrible position pretty much all night long. They turned the ball over, you know, inside the uh, – whatever. He gave them the short field a lot of times. Penalties again killed the Patriots. Eight penalties. A couple times moving them from uh, the one-yard line back to the six where they end up having to kick field goals and, you know – a lot of things went b- badly last night, but I think, and uh, I heard Jeff uh, or Jim, excuse me, uh, mention uh, uh, Michael Irvin. I was watching him at halftime last night and after the game, talking about how win or lose, this was probably going to be a really good experience for Mac Jones going forward because he showed he could come back in these games. He didn't win the game, but he got them in position or was part of getting them in position to potentially. Uh, make a game of that and they did make a game of it but again you know it was a penalties as much as anything in the second half that was just just bad and I was surprised you say they weren't running the ball Mac they did have their struggles but Stevenson had some good runs and they just did not stick with the run once they fell behind 14 nothing I was a little surprised they got away from it so quickly and you know you can't have a rookie quarterback like Mac Jones throwing the ball or any quarterback really you're not going to be effective uh game in and game out throwing the ball 45 times that's for sure but there's a red flag Keith you stopped the Patriot running game now I don't think Mac Jones played well yesterday no he didn't played well at all but it's okay he's a rookie he's learning you know hopefully he gets better as it goes along and he should but uh I think that's a red flag with New England this year and I think other teams that are going to be playing them. I mean, they've taken note of yesterday's game. Indianapolis showed the formula how to beat New England. Yeah, but the formula, you know, I, I heard that a couple times yesterday, but you got to remember something. I mean, when you have plays, you get down 14 nothing in the first quarter after getting a block punt. You know, it changes your whole approach to what you wanted to do. And, and the Patriots, again, had to make quick adjustments, didn't do it as well as they normally do. The second half they did. To me, that key play in this whole game was in the first quarter. Mac Jones threw a ball right on point to Jacoby Myers. That was going to be a big gainer. He drops the ball. Mm-hmm. They got up on it. It gets blocked for a touchdown. And that turned the whole game around uh, from my standpoint. That was the play that really kind of dictated how the rest of this game was going to go. I got a question for you, Keith. Sure. What Josh McDaniel has done with him and Matt, Jones is um, really taking a rookie quarterback and play beyond expectations. Do you think 
Josh Daniels McDaniels is going to be the hottest commodity <laughs> on the coaching circuit this year. I, if I was Jacksonville, I'd give him whatever he wants. I know he didn't succeed in his last time, but I think he's learned. he has learned, and he's great with quarterbacks. Yeah, I think he will be a hot commodity, and I'm surprised because after, you know, I can't remember what, Time just is not – I don't have a good relation with time anymore. But four years ago, whatever, when he took the Indianapolis job and then reneged and went back to the Patriots, I thought he'd never get another job offer after that. But last year he had feelers. He's looking for the right spot. Yeah. I don't know if Jacksonville's it. Yeah, you got a, a, a potential franchise quarterback, but he's going to pick his spot. Um, yeah. But there will be definitely teams chasing him, and you're I right. I think there will be. i just watching – how he's done with a, a rookie quarterback and to do the things that he's done. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. I know yesterday wasn't that kind of game, that, <clears throat> but you still got to be impressed. Yeah. But yesterday was, again, a little bit of aberration. They were, they were behind so much early. They couldn't give him the, 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 put him in the positions that they put him in all year to succeed. And that's what you have to do with a rookie quarterback is, as you know, seeing them through the years, exactly. uh, Jim, you, you put them in the best position to su- succeed and grow in confidence. And that's what they've done with Mac all year. And I think that's why he had the resi- resiliency. He had to play much better in the second half last night. He was atrocious in the first half. Yes. He made decisions. I had not seen him make really bad ones uh, all year. And, you know, but they got his year at halftime and fixed it. It also was the game situation, like you yeah. said. Yeah. You so. know, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes you just lose the game. I mean, as long as it's not the playoffs and you guys are still in position, you're still in first place. You got Buffalo coming up next week. You beat Buffalo again. Not only, not only, not only are you still in first place, you got the tiebreaker with probably a wild card team, depending on, you know, what happens with the rest of the year. I think Buffalo was two, three times more important than that Colts game. And, oh, if you see the, and if you see the Colts again, it ain't going to be the same outcome. There's not going to be block punts. There's not going to be dumb plays. Um, and, it's and, and you know, it's going to be a game versus team versus, you know, versus good team. But as, most likely it's you know, going to be Parcells, in New England. Yeah. And uh, Bill Parcells uh, always says, a handful, a handful of plays, Keith, determines the outcome of the game. Yeah, special teams, special teams have been a strength to this team, not just this year, but through the years. And it was very surprising to see them uh, lose the game, in my mind, that way. Uh, that really was a determining uh, play of the game. And, you know, it hurts them in the conference because they're behind Kansas City now. They don't control their own destiny as far as winning the uh, <clears throat> the number one seed. But they're still in fairly good control in the in the East. Just beat Buffalo, and that's done. And, you know, as far as Jonathan Taylor goes – Great player, by the way. Best running back in the league this side of Derrick Henry for sure. But don't forget, they held him basically to 100 yards, 110 yards until he had that 100 yards, I guess, until he he busted that big play at the end of the game, which, you know. It counts. It counts. Stop taking away from him. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. That Again, game situation dictates that 67-yard run because once you break the nine or ten guys that are standing at the line of scrimmage, you got nothing but daylight in front of you. So, again, that's not grounded out 170 yards. He got 67 of those when the well, game. Well, you got to give the Jonathan Taylor credit because oh, he I do. did make two people miss. They were. Oh. had uh, 10 people at the line of scrimmage. They had one safety deep. And he, he made those two people miss. And, he and is it was a tremendous 88 play. and out the gate. You know, no, I haven't seen him play. 
a lot. He's he's really good. That, guy, that kid's really good. Since we're on Indianapolis, Mac and myself had a little bit of a debate. Yes, it was a yesterday, the day before on Carson Wentz. Mac seems to feel he's back as an elite quarterback. I, I argued against it. And yesterday was an example. 57 yards passing. I mean, they, you know, he's a game manager. Frank Reich has done a great job rehabilitating him. He's a very good game manager now, but he's not a difference maker the way he may have been before. Well, he's had a good year. And yesterday, again, as we talked about, circumstances didn't warrant him having to do much yesterday. He did manage the game very well yesterday. But, you know, his career has been resurrected from where it was, uh, you know, a year ago and two years ago. Um, and, you know, Pags' worst nightmare is going to be that uh, <laughs> Carson Wentz getting the, the uh, Colts deep into the playoffs. And this is this is a pretty good football team we watched last night. They've played mm-hmm. very good football the last couple months. So, they're dangerous out in the in the playoffs as well, and uh, I just I, I kind of like to avoid them <laughs> after last night. But. Hey, a, a real true Patriots fan would want to play them again and whip their butts, Keith. But anyway, well, we'll do that. You know what? If we do it, Mac, we're going to whip their butts. Are going to accuse us of letting air out of the football or some freaking? Well, thing. Yeah, they, they got to keep. We know you do that, though. Well, don't act like you don't, Keith. Anyway, folks, we got to let I Keith go. We didn't actually. <laughs> we got to let Keith go because we got the famous. Star of the show, Jetman, in right behind him. So, Keith. Hey, I have to know. Can you ask a question for of him? How does that guy stay so up week after week? I mean, he's, God bless he's a, him. He's a, he's a fan. He's a true he's fan. Got, and, and, you know, that, and, 20 and, cups of coffee before he gets on your show. Well, it's kind of like Jack. Jack's been up every week since, uh, you know, he's a huge Jets fan. So, yes. You can Jack's still a Jets fan. I listen, I'm frozen. When the Jets won the Super Bowl, I what was I in high school? I haven't been back since. I mean, come right, on. Right. So anyway, and, and I was playing when the Cowboys won the Super Bowl. Yes, yeah. you were. <laughs> yeah, but Jerry Jones always gives you hope. So folks, we gotta let Keith go and get Jetman in here. Keith, have a great day and uh Buffalo next week, my friend. All right. Enjoy the day, guys. All right, enjoy the day. So there Don't you laugh. Go. You could have been. You could have been a New York jet, jet Jim. You know things would have turned out a little differently. So what nice folks oh, we had? Jetman turned out. Yeah, the sack exchange. Jetman, I'm trying to introduce you, but Jack won't let me again. <laughs> How you doing today, Jetman? Good morning, gentlemen. Hello. Very, very nice to see you all. Good very morning, nice Jetman. To see you too, Jetman. Hello, Jetman. Hello, brother. And I have to start off by saying I feel you know this time of year I feel a little bad for Keith. Um, you know, the Patriots are not looking exactly like we thought they would at this, this time. <laughs> well, well, I mean, you're a poor man is feeling sorry for a rich man. That's what you're <laughs> you know, with, with two more wins right now, the Jets would be in the mix, and they would yes. be something to talk about. You know, Miami yes, is streaking, Buffalo is collapsing, and all of a sudden – And Patriots lost. Uh, what would you rather have, a couple of more wins this year – or maybe keep the record down and be in position for prime draft choice. Well, Let's be you, honest about you, it. Before, hey, Jim, man, before you answer that, Jack has no idea what a format is. He just throws things out there. <laughs> oh, the wall. I thought so, we're working from the back of the book to the front. Yes, yes, you are, Jack. You always work from the back of the book. So, Jetman, let's start. And we're going to get to that because it's a great question, Jack. We're going to definitely get to that. So they play Miami. Uh, Waddle is out. 
with uh you know with COVID issues. Jets three and ten. Miami's still alive for the wild card race. And you would think Miami would have the urgency to win this game, but not so fast. Not so fast. The Jets and head coach are still trying to build a culture. They're still trying to put a winning team together, winning culture. And these last games are very important to building that culture. You don't want to go out there and tank or lose games because that totally goes against everything you're trying to do there. You know you're going to get one of the top draft picks as it is. So there's no reason to, to, to want the same finish with the same record. Because I don't think there's much difference between one and ten in the draft. It all goes according to to needs and best players when you get there. So, if Miami thinks they're gonna they're gonna come in and just beat you, and kind of takes you a little lightly, Jets might sneak up there. They they did it to the Bengals. They did it to the Titans. And here's a hot Miami team that you guys. I don't know if you match up well against them, but they're not the Tennessee Titans and they're not the Cincinnati Bengals. I don't think anyway. So what do you think, Chet, man? You think they're going to go in there and raise a little hell with Miami? Well, I mean, you know, like like uh, all the NFL rivalries, uh, Jets-Dolphins is one of the, the best in football. And uh, any given Sunday between these two teams, yeah, definitely the Jets have a, a solid shot. Um, you know, I think we, we need a ground game. Uh, last week I, I ended the, the – uh, my call by saying uh, I thought Walter would have a hundred yards rushing and he got scratched for the game. Didn't, didn't play a snap. And I think that had a, a part to do with uh, their demise. I mean, the, the jets looked, let's, let's face it. They looked awful. Mm-hmm. last week. I mean, they, they looked like they couldn't punch their way out of a paper bag um, that they were horrific on offense. They were worse on defense. You know, it's growing pains, but um, I think if they can establish the run today, take some pressure off Wilson, um, you know, they definitely have a chance. And uh, I think it's going to be a closer game than, than last week. But, you know, answering questions as far as the, the draft goes, I think the draft is one of the worst things that ever happened for the Jets. And, and I say that jokingly. I mean, the draft was established to set up the NFL. So, so I'm joking. But I hate the draft. I hate the draft because the Jets don't know how to to use the draft and the Patriots are the complete opposite. They own the draft. They never they never target a specific player. They pick the best guy available all the time. Their war room, they're picking if the best guy available is a quarterback, if they have Tom Brady and four other Hall of Fame quarterbacks, they're picking a quarterback. If the best guy available is a running back, they pick a running back. They, they know how to do it. The Jets don't know how to do it. We have not known how to do it for 30 years. I don't care about the draft. I never want to lose for a draft pick. I want to change the team from a losing team to a winning team. They need to change the culture. They need to try to win every single week. If they lose this week, if they lose next week, they go into the last two games of the year and they say, oh, they can get the first pick. If they lose, all Jet fans should root for them to lose. It's a deal with the devil. Never, never, ever should we, lo- should we root for the Jets to lose. They need to win and they need so much winning on their side to change the mentality. All Jets fans are always, after three games into the year, Say, oh, J-E-T-S, just end the season. 
I'm sick of it. <laughs> Never oh, end the season. I love this season. I want to watch them every week. That's I want to watch them have a chance to win. I love the Jets. I want to change the culture. And I want them to change the culture. Go out there and win a game today. That's what I want. The most the interesting Jets. The main thing I have to say to that, Jet Man, and no one has ever put up a valid argument against against this, the good teams keep winning. And they're not drafting first. And sometimes they're not even drafted in the second, third round. They just keep winning. It's the losing teams that keep getting that first round. Right. And the cycle repeats and repeats and repeats. Yeah. So the draft is important, yes. But you've got to have a team. Um, yeah. Two- and Jetman makes a good point. It's not when you draft. It's who you draft and how they fit in there. And I was thinking about when we were talking about the draft and – I was saying that Dallas would probably take a corner, but they take Michael Parsons. And Mark, Michael Parsons was honestly, Jack told you that he was the best player available. Yeah. And that was a great move by the Cowboys doing that because they could have took a corner after the corners they liked were gone and may have not had a player that had that much impact as Michael Parsons. Great great they point. traded with the Eagles and they got a third round draft selection out of that as well and was yes. still able to get Micah Parsons. They knew they'd be able to get him, mm-hmm. which is a good question. Behavior issues. Sometimes a guy's draft stock drops just a little bit because of off the field issues. And maybe teams shouldn't look at that as carefully. I don't know. Well, find out what type of player. Warren Sapp is a prime mm-hmm. example for that finding what kind of player that is and can they control him or keep him on the straight and narrow? That's the questions you have to ask. And I guess it would, it would, it would matter what kind of off field problems we're talking. We're talking about about middle school or high school. Come on. Yeah. So Jetman, good luck, man. I hope you guys win. It will be interesting to see what the Jets do in these, these last uh, remaining games. I hope you guys do real good and, and get things rolling there into next year. Very important. Yeah, yeah. I, I hope you know. And one thing that right now uh, Mims is on the is on the bubble with them, and I really hope that they uh, they get him turned around and they don't let him go. I have a feeling that Mims is going to be a good one, and mm-hmm. I don't want to see him be a good one with another team. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm really hoping that uh, he gets a shot today and and uh, can right the wrongs with with the team and the coaches. Um, you know, he hasn't shown it this year. He hasn't had a breakout like uh, Elijah. But with him uh, hurt, you know, hopefully Mims gets gets some shots and an opportunity today. Uh, I think Carter is also back, um, which which I think will help take some pressure off off Wilson. So Mims is reportedly in the doghouse, which isn't a good thing with a yeah. first year coach who's looking to build a culture. It's an all probability they're going to move on from him at the end of the year. That'll be my guess. But there are a right. few games left, so you never know what happens. Yep, yep, exactly. Well, and that's my fear. I, I, my fear is that they're going to get rid of Mims and they'll get rid of uh, Mike White. And all right. uh, just reading. Mike White, Max, big star, you know, after one yeah, game. Man, yeah, man, we got to let you go. We got another. We got another. another I know. Uh, I can go on and on. So, so, and so can Jack. So, I'm going to let you go. Good luck today. Enjoy uh, a Jets victory. And we'll see you next week, Jetman. All right. Great to All right. You. Merry Christmas, Jetman. Merry Christmas, everyone. Hopeful win, Jets. Hopeful win. I'll be watching. All right, my friend.
Yeah, Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> He's out of his mind. Backstage right now, we got one of our featured guests that come in every week, been with us a long time, Robert Butler from Sportscope. Talk a little bit, a lot about the NFL. Let's bring him up. Hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, How's it going, my friend? Hey, it's going, you know. Yes. Yes, I do know. I do know. So <laughs> me and Robert get together uh, uh, off air and, and discuss topics that we think will be uh, uh, not discussed. I give him the topics. He looks them up and he comes ready and loaded for bear. He loves to prepare, as you can see, by the way he's dressed. Lo uh, loaded for bear. I'm yes, loaded for bear. Yes, he is. So, yeah, <laughs> Even though I've never had it before in my life, you know. Robert Butler looks like he's an assistant GM. I could see him going in there. Hey, you know? man, I, I yeah. put my resume out there. Yes. I'd and love Jack, to do that job. And Jack looks like he's in <laughs> Disney World right now going on the ride. Jack's so, <laughs> in quarantine. That's wait, right. wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Robert, going to Hawaii you, over there. You picked the Washington football team last week, didn't you? No, I, I picked the uh, Cowboys because okay, I was going on about Reg Red Randy Gregory coming back, and I thought yeah. they would play well. And yeah. uh, he got a huge play in that game. Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. And Jim trying to jump it, jump you right away as soon as you come in. I, <laughs> I, I picked probably because this maroon tie got on looks like it's got to uh, be. It's got to be maroon tie. That's what. That's what it was. That's what it was. <laughs> yes. Right. If Rob were a player, he'd do very well with a dress coat. It wouldn't bother him at all. Right, right, right. And and, and Jack, Jack would not. So, so, Robert, let's let's get to the first subject. The Chargers played the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, they won the first game. They lost in overtime. But was that the coach's fault? I mean, some of the decisions he made going for it when he shouldn't have gone for it, maybe – or, or just it was it just looked like the Kansas City Chiefs uh, came back. I give them credit; they came back and won the game. There's no doubt about it. And they are a, yeah. a dynamic team. But man, the Chargers had them right where they wanted them. They would have went up two and zero onto them. They may see them again. Listen, I think the Chargers is, are every good as 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 the Chiefs. So, what do you think about? Did you think the coach caused them to lose that game? Yeah, Bruce Staley, 38 years old. Looks about 17, that head coach there of the Chargers. Only a few years younger than myself. Uh, no running plays called. Uh, that first possession, they get that great run back on the opening kickoff. They're on the five-yard line. And zero running plays. And then you go for it on fourth down. And I'm thinking, you know, there's a thin line, guys, between – being aggressive and being reckless. And then there's also a thin line between being overly conservative and, and, and not being the coach that, you know, and, and <laughs> I'm usually preaching against coaches that are, that are playing scared and too conservative. But man, he, uh, you know, not kicking that field goal early and then not taking the field goal uh, before halftime. You know, any coach will tell you, you want to get that momentum going, in, even if it is three points. Get that three. They left a lot of points on the board. Uh, I'm sure he's going to learn from this. Sometimes you got to run the football in the red zone, man. You can't throw four straight times out of the shotgun. Uh, that all, all those points on the board, it adds up. And, and then you're, quote, chasing points. <laughs> Rob, I know yeah. what you're saying. It was fourth and goal, I think, was on the five-yard line. But the analytics showed if you go for it, you have a better chance. Okay, so you might say the heck with the analytics, but in this day and age in the NFL, kickers could kick the ball so much further. So if you miss, 
you know, if your defense plays reasonably well, doesn't allow more than a couple of first downs, you're going to get the ball back in field goal range again, even if though it'll be a longer kick. So I kind of like the aggressiveness that was shown, you know, from my end. I remember John Madden telling uh, Ron Rivera, uh, who lost a big chunk of his first, like, 20 games of his career on the verge of getting fired. And he, he tells – he says, well, I'm doing it by the book. I'm doing it with the analytics. And John Madden tells him, by the way, it's a great documentary coming up on Christmas Day on John Madden. Yes. Uh, he says, you need to throw that book away. He, you need to go with the gut of, of, of that particular game. And, and sometimes you got to throw those analytics out. You got to feel, you got to get a feel for that particular game. As soon as he did, he took that advice. Uh, Carolina goes on a winning streak. And then he gets nicknamed Riverboat Ron. He he goes from the most conservative guy to the most aggressive. So yeah, there is a there's a thin line there between listening to the analytics. I mean, you probably don't want to go for it, you know, on your own 35 yard line, 20 yard line on fourth down. But See, yeah, go ahead. No, all I was gonna say, Robert, you're right. Uh, you have to listen to your gut. Now. If you think about that, a couple of weeks ago against Denver, Mike McCartney did that. He did go for it in uh, their territory, and it didn't work. You have to listen to your gut. Everybody, regardless, people are going to criticize you. You have to take the chances. You can't sit there and go by the book all the time. And I'm not saying analytics is the answer, but sometimes you got to have a feel for the game, just like you said, yeah. and understand how the game is flowing. Right. I mean, there could be injuries. Uh, your, your, your running back may be Jack. Uh, something may happen with him. You may have a personnel issue there. Uh, anything could be going on. Uh, you know, it could you know, be windy. You know, <laughs> Robert, Robert, and, you know, Robert, it's about matchups too, right? Because, I mean, yeah. if you say you should go, third, say, third and, third and five, you should be passing the ball. But if you know that, you know, your offensive guard is a dangerous blocker and could get that linebacker and and, and you could do, run a quick trap and pick up that five yards and kind of surprise them. I mean, you've got to look at the matchups, cornerbacks versus wide receivers, safeties on tight ends, who's the best player. It doesn't all just come down to the general analytics of what you should do all the time in a certain situation. Yeah. Last yeah. night, guys, Carson Wentz had like 60 yards passing and they won. And scored yeah. 27 points. <laughs> well, it's just like when um, New England played Buffalo. Yeah. Three passes. Three times <laughs> the whole game. <laughs> so, Robert very smartly segued into one of our topics, right? So, yeah. Robert, that's why Robert is such a professional here. So, are we going back in certain circumstances to the old school football, right? The teams winning right now. I mean, at least half of them that are winning right now that are playing very good football are pounding ground, right? I mean, you got you got Tennessee who likes to run the ball. The Patriots yeah. like to run the ball. The Colts are running up and down the field right now. And they're dominating the defenses. They're not letting them on the, the offenses mm -hmm. on the field. They're, they're controlling the line of scrimmage. And they're scoring. And I, I, I know Jim knows this. I, I know this by some association I've had with NFL players. If they start beating you up on the run game and you can't stop, oh, yeah. that gets frustrating as all outdoors. It's right, very guys, disheartening. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, no, I was always going to say, yeah. Robert, is it's very disheartening when you're getting beat up at a run because it's such a physical nature of running the ball, knocking people off the ball. 
you get uh, very discouraged because you if you can't stop the run, when you play Barry Sanders, I mean, he was the one of the greatest running backs, if not the greatest running back that ever played, and it was frustrating because you know you could do everything you wanted to, but if you didn't stop him, he was going to get 200 yards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we consider uh, Brady to be the greatest and all this, but go back to their Colts game, guys. I mean, he had uh, a, a bad interception early, and they're about to. Uh, the Colts are about to go up seventeen points. Yeah. And they got a, a Tampa gets this turnover, and Fournette basically his physicality take. I watched that game very closely because it was a crucial game for Tampa, and his physicality and the way they play. Look at all these quarterbacks that are having problems running the football, and they're not playing that well. I mean, Josh Allen, he was the leading rusher for Buffalo. And, of course, they lost. I mean, it, it, you look at Brian DeBall. He he was looked at to be a uh, the offensive coordinator for Buffalo to be a head coaching candidate. Now there's talks that maybe he may get fired because Buffalo can't run the football. And yes. Allen, the athlete he is, they still yeah. – have uh, uh, they still might not even make the playoffs mathematically, guys? Yeah, it's huge. You know, You're question, right. You're right. question to Jim and Ma, you know Mac Rap too. Yeah. I mean, I've never heard this asked before. It might seem like a silly question. Take a superstar running back like a Barry Sanders. Is there any such thing as using, let's say, a defensive lineman? And his only responsibility, for example, is to move up and key on Barry Sanders. You have no other responsibility but to tail this guy wherever he goes. It might seem like a ridiculous question. No, it's not it's ridiculous. Thing but, exist. No, it's not ridiculous. But the problem is, is now you got to understand that you disrupt the defense by doing that because obviously somebody's going to block you. And if you all you're worried about is where Barry Sanders go, and a guy like that, then you got problems because you never know where Barry was going. Barry might start here. He might go there and some of that things. And now you're up looking and that's when you are defenseless. That's when you have the opportunity to get knocked off the ball. Yeah. It's just that the guy was a, a great runner. And it's kind of like, could you imagine um, Henry trying to just key on Derrick Henry as a defensive lineman? Maybe he could do it as a linebacker or safety, but as a defensive lineman, you got to take engage with blocks. Well, I'm talking about the linebacker. Not, not only that, Jim. Not only that, Jim. But shadowing rarely works, right? Because yes. he can go anywhere on the field, and if he's that good, he's going to beat you to any angle you can get to. I'm not saying you won't make a couple of plays, but again, you're now you're not paying attention to the offensive lineman coming out there and blocking you too. So I mean, that, no that it's very rough to shadow somebody. Um, so. And I think another point is, guys, we got to think about that the offenses, I mean, the defenses have been drafting cornerbacks and safeties and athletic linebackers at a clip to cover the pass. Well, I guess agree. what? Now the offense turns around and says, okay, you got all these great uh, wide receiver defenders, but can you stop the run now? And it's a cycle. It's going to happen. And, and I thought it would. Robert, let's yeah. let's take a quick look at, at – um, Urban Meyer, right? They came out yeah. and and we've discussed this, me and Jack. They fired him for cause. They're saying they're not going to pay him the remainder of the contract. Of course, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Warriors and them will reach a settlement. The question I have for you, will Urban Meyer's ever coach again? Well, guys, you know, he's only 57. Nick Saban, 69. Wow. Bill Belichick is, yeah, 
he he made it at 41. He was the head coach. Now, 15 years ago, that was pretty young. Now it's, you know, it's nothing. But he was 41 years old when he took that Florida job, uh, won two national championships in a short period of time there, major raises, you know, kind of guy that got a lot of money early. He's got that highest winning percentage in college. So as far as the college, the ideal college job maybe coming open, he may get bored in a few years doing TV. And I think he could go back to college. I don't think this is that bad. I don't think he has any scandals trailing him like that's going to keep him out of, away from coaching, okay? I think this will pass in some big university is going to hire him down the line because he doesn't have a scandal like he abused someone, some illegal issues hanging over his head. Well, you got to remember Bobby Petrino left Atlanta at the middle of the night. <laughs> Nick Saban basically left the Miami Dolphins and all and these Pet- situations. So, yes, he has the opportunity to coach again. Petrino guys was dating a, uh, a, a an employee. Yes, yes. And got hired back at Louisville. Yeah. Well, the yeah. only question I got for you, and, and, and Jim, you comment on this too, Jack. I mean, what parent and, and recruiting goes now college, you got to recruit players back to the thing. Now you can say, I got I'm the greatest coach in college football history, blah, 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 national championships. What university is going to take a chance on somebody with that kind of reputation with players, and whose parents are going to send the kids to that school? I mean, there's got to. I mean, I know there's gonna be, but don't you think there's gonna be second thoughts? You say there will be. Go ahead. But they're gonna look at those championships. You say that. I disagree with that. I think parents are gonna say, "Well, he has one chip." I mean, they say Nick Saban at LSU was rough on those players. They say that Petrino was rough on them at Louisville and Arkansas, but they got another chance. Parents are going to give it. They're not going to think about what happened in the past. All they're going to look at is the results in the presence. I really believe that. Well, you know, reportedly the movie that was made to blindside Michael Law, reportedly they met with Nick Saban. He was recruiting Michael Law, and they asked him, are you going to be staying, you know, at the school? Because rumor has it you're going to the Miami Dolphins. And Saban looked them in the eye and said, I'm going nowhere. And three days later, was gone. He's with the tough. Okay? But all Urban Meyer has to do is show up at a top recruit's home with Tim Tebow, who swears by him. And Tim Tebow say Urban Meyer is one of the finest men I've ever known in my life. You can't do that, Jack. Oh, you, you can't? can't do that. That's illegal. Oh, I didn't know that. Unless you can't he was show on up with one of your former players? No, you have to be on the staff. That's illegal. Oh, okay. You learned something. I'm sure they figure out a way around that, though, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) Robert. Because once they're on campus, they bring those players. Because Tom Brady went to Michigan uh, when those players were there. uh, Once they were on campus. Yeah. That's a thin. You know they're going to go right up to the line, Jim. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tom Brady just just happened to be on campus just coincidentally. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I saw the videos years ago, but yeah. <laughs> Robert, we touched on this real quick, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get to it at the end, the last question. But the, the question I got for you, and you yeah. know, I make fun of Aaron Rodgers often because I think he's very easy to make fun of. I make fun of Brady a lot because you know I think he's very easy to make fun of too. And and the same thing goes, you know, with with uh 
Well, I don't know if I don't know if making fun of uh, nah, man, I'm losing my train of thought. But anyway, yeah, we do have three of the greatest quarterbacks, maybe of all time. I make fun of Mahomes too. That's where I was going because everybody said he was Hall of Famer after his first year, and of course, you know his commercials. He looks like he's about ten years old. But um, yeah, you think in the in NFL history, can you remember? I know Jim goes back and Jack goes back farther than all of us as far as the NFL and 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 you know looking at the game. Can you remember three quarterbacks playing at one time? I mean, all three at one time, still this good. You talk about Brady, talk about Rodgers, and of course they're on common Mahomes. Can you think of any time in history in one year they had three great quarterbacks like this playing? Uh, you know, it, it's hard to say because of the rule changes, guys. I mean, guys can't players can go over the middle now. This has been discussion across the, the last few weeks. Uh, I'll say this look at these young quarterbacks. Justin Herbert played Thursday night. He's the first player in the first two years of his career, yes. had 30 touchdowns in his first two years of his career. Now he has the most yards. Of, and they, you know, this is not like just because they added 17 games, we still got a few more games to go, guys. Yeah, and now he, he's got the most yards in the first two years of any player, uh, in, in NFL history. So that is that is really a, a tough question because you got different eras where teams just simply ran the ball more. Uh, so, so you know, statistically, you can say yes, the players are uh, better now. But also, you got to look at the, the rules, uh, the era uh, yeah. playing. So that that is, that is really almost an impossible question to measure. Well, would t- Terry Bradshaw be uh, statistically good as a Ben Roethlisberger, or maybe a um, I don't know who, who would be a bigger guy, maybe a Justin Herbert, somebody like that, if that era was different? So it's almost an impossible question to answer well we had well, you know montana marino and elway you know those big three could match up with anyone yes yeah, good point too that is true i mean statistically you're you are right robert statistically you know you can't hit the quarterback anymore there's not a, that much fear when they i mean the giants broke his ribs and knocked him out i mean they really hit the quarterback back then i remember the video of terry bradshaw being picked up in the air and slammed on his head by the Cleveland Browns. And it was crazy. And, uh, you know, and when you went over the middle, I mean, they're going to take your head off, period. There was no defenseless anything. So, I mean, I agree with that 100%. You know, I say that because everybody says, ah, you know, we got the greatest quarterbacks in history. It's very hard. Um, yeah, I would agree very, with you. Very yeah, hard. Because you could go, you know, in different eras, there are different Kelly. Yeah, Aikman and Young. You could go there, yeah. and you could. Yeah. I mean, they're all. And Unitas all was way ahead of his time. What if he played in this era? Well, my mm-hmm. God, the dude might. The, you know, you're you're no Johnny Unitas might have even a totally different meaning behind it. I mean, yeah, yeah. I agree. Phil Sims. Phil Sims was yeah. a very good. Yeah, player. I mean, had him on the program. Kudos to that guys. By the no, way, man. hey, listen, we got our search. <laughs> um, so, last question. We'll finish up with this. Me and Jack kind of started talking about the COVID with Jim. Um, and, you know, here they're going to change. They got they have to change the rules of letting players come back or the season's over. That's that's hilarious to it. NFL will make no money. I don't know what would happen with the players and, and their families and stuff like that. So they had to change the rules, right? If you got your shots, if, you, if, if you're if you asymptomatic, in other words, you don't show no uh, uh, signs of, 
of being, you know, knocked out of the game or, or of the, the, the flu itself, they're going to let them play. They're going to bring them back faster. They're not going to test them, you know, every week. They're going to test them maybe once in a while. But they are letting players, they're giving an opportunity, if they don't want to be part of this, to opt out. So it's going to be the decision. I'm telling you, that's a tough decision of, as, as any sports guy, right? You want to play. You enjoy playing a game. That's why you're there to go along with the money. So what do you think about this, Robert? I mean, the Washington Redskins have already bought back four players. They could have might have played today with Philadelphia. Yeah. And there's there's a lot of teams that are going to do that. So what do you think about the new rule changes? Well, I mean, look at the Cleveland Browns. Most of those guys are vaccinated. I mean, they're yeah. vaccinated, and, and and that's why you keep reading these reports. I, don't, I think it's been moved to Monday or Tuesday. I'm going to say Monday at 4 p.m. Central or yeah. uh, 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 5 p.m. Central uh, Eastern time. So, you know, guys, I play daily fantasy every single uh, uh, Sunday. So I have to look up injury reports and everything all the way up. We, for instance, Lamar Jackson, non-COVID-like symptoms. He's had uh, the flu book. How many times has a player been asked to go home because of the flu? Look how contagious the flu is. And plus, I mean, we got this Omicron variant, supposed to be much lighter version. We're talking about booster shots. It is, like you said in the text, it's really turning into the uh, uh, the flu-like uh, bug where you just get the flu shot, you know. But think about how, how long the NFL has been going on. I've never seen a player, and you guys may, Jim, you may be able to contest to this or probably uh, debunk it, has been told to go home because he had the flu because he didn't want to get the locker room the flu. Has yeah. that ever happened? Because I yes, don't it see has. it. Oh, okay. Actually, it has happened. Well, I would hope so because <laughs> I don't it, read it now. Actually, it has happened. And then they yeah. wait till he gets healthy and bring him back. But it wasn't publicized a lot of times. Yeah. Because it wasn't as severe as the COVID. But I did mention earlier in the show that we haven't had any present players um, die from COVID or actually been out an extended period of time. Yeah. So I don't know how it affects the current players, but you always have to be careful. Yeah. And, and Carl's saying if they weren't vaccinated, um, I don't think any of those players on the list for Cleveland are not vaccinated because mm-hmm. I haven't read because you have to be gone 10 days. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. ten days. Very true. With that said, it's Mayfield, the Keenum, Case Keenum, going to be allowed to play on Tuesday because they did move the game back. They need like two, uh, two negatives within twenty-four hours test. So we don't know yet for sure. Uh, you just were holding a breath. But here's the thing: that Davis <laughs> complained about it being a competitive uh, disadvantage. Yeah. What is your points on that? Uh, well, it really is. I mean, they 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 passed their all their tests, and uh, exactly. the third string quarterback was supposed to have been playing. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I I have to agree with him. So that leads me to my next and final point, Robert. You know, Jim played during the era. I think this probably went all the way up into maybe the early two thousands, where you were hurt, you played. If you were sick, you played. If if you you know you just sucked it up and played. Today, it doesn't seem that way. Today, everybody's questionable, right? Say, Quan Barkley, we're going to limit him. We're going to limit this guy. We're going to we're gonna put this guy in every other. That wasn't the way it was back then. Do you yeah. think maybe today we baby them too much? I know there's a little bit more money spent. But 
doesn't it hurt the team in the game itself? I mean, I know Harry Carson played with broken ribs all year. I know Jim played hurt all year. I know a lot of players did that, and they still played, and they were still effective. So do you think maybe we baby him too much? I don't know. I mean, look at the CTE thing. Uh, Vincent Jackson, they found out that he had CTE. He was found dead in a motel room uh, earlier back in February. And a very unfortunate situation for um, looking for this guy's name. His last name was, uh, I want to say it was Adams for that used to play. This guy wasn't a big name player, but he did play uh, for the 49ers, went on a shooting spree uh, in, uh, in South Carolina. Carolina. Very horrific situation there. And he had severe CTE. So when it comes to these concussion protocols, I, I don't th- I think that, you know, that still needs to be looked at and everything. Uh, I don't know about that. Just overall saying we're babying the players too much. Maybe they're not hitting enough in uh, in the in the preseason and players are getting more injured. Uh, you can no make that, that argument. But you see, Brady yeah. was hurt last year. So, so severe, suppose he had to get an operation. He makes it through the year and helps lead him to a Super Bowl. This is what yeah. I'm saying. I'm talking about people. I'm Let's stay away from concussions for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. COVID. Just in general. I mean, there's more injuries, non, uh, non-hitting injuries than I've ever seen in my life in the NFL. And I get. I bet it's because they don't have hitting in practice. And I bet it's because there's not. They're not playing during the preseason. I bet all that. I would probably win that bet. But again, but again, are we babying them? I mean, you went. We had superstars: Sims, Elway, Marino, playing hurt all the time. And they didn't sit them on the bench because they got a little injury. The players pushed for that in the 2010 collective bargaining agreement, where they could have less practice time during the training camp. Uh, we talk about this all the time with the offensive linemen are behind on on uh, development in the NFL. That's why they've been drafted high guys from uh, Iowa and Wisconsin because they run the ball so much in the Big Ten. Look at uh, guys like Quentin Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> Look how much Notre Dame run the football. A lot of that was because he was more ready made and the new NFL rules going back to 2010 after that CBA, there's no more two-a-days, guys. So yeah, yeah. that's probably a reason why I was getting more injuries. So to a cent, yeah, uh, I think that is uh, the NFL giving in to that. But I, I, there's got to be a study about that. Uh, you yeah. have to have build those calluses, you know? Yeah, I, I, I have to dig. But then I was looking at where Tyron Smith is not going to play today. Because of oh, wow. uh, ankle injury. And it's um, saying that his, he irritated his ankle. But Tyron Smith has been out quite a bit. He's yeah. been out quite a bit. And I'm wondering, you know, are they babying him or is it something they say he's got bone chips? Well, you can get scoped and get the bone chips taken out. Mm. And I, I don't know. It's got to be a happy medium, like you guys are saying, between babying him and letting him play. And I understand the CTE is real. There's no question about it. And you're seeing the the effects of it with these players that are coming out of the league and having issues. But uh, that's something totally different than uh, some of the injuries. There are injuries you can – it's a difference between being hurt and injured. Yeah. If you're hurt, you got to play. If you're injured, you got to get help. 
Players would get ridiculed years ago if they said they had a headache. They'd be told to get back in the game. Yeah, but you, know, you also got to ridiculed. Yeah. If you remember when you played and I played, Jack, early in our career, well, I started to play football. But you couldn't even have a – you thought you were soft if you drank water during practice and you had to take salt pills. What kind of <laughs> reasoning is so that? So ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> think about yeah, that. Well, yeah, listen, they didn't yeah. allow water to coaches. I mean, I don't yeah. know, Jim, could you have played during Bud Grant's era in the 70s? He exactly. wouldn't allow hand warmers on the sidelines. Yep. He'd have like it would be two degrees at Met Stadium. You he would allow his so... players to use hand warmers. Oh, so what, Jack? Up there in, in Europe, they, they probably dressed when they were barbarians fighting at 30 degrees below zero. Let's not baby the players, Jack. <laughs> So hey, well, we are supposed hey, to get Robert, water as a society, guys. I would have commanded yeah, well, well, over 20 degrees. You know, sometimes, Robert, smartness isn't wisdom. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, Robert, <laughs> thank, you, thank you for coming in today. All right, I appreciate guys. it. You always do. Good luck to Tennessee. Hope they do well. Watch out for them Colts, my friend. They're getting hot. Happy Tennessee Halloween. has the tie break. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, like Tennessee to win today. A lot of people's not picking Tennessee. They're underdogs. Yes, they are. And don't get me and we're favorites on Monday. Field. Now they're underdogs. So Publix, yes. Publix going yes. against Tennessee. So, Robert, have a Merry Christmas and and, and, and Happy New Year. We'll see you again. Hopefully okay, I hope to see us next Sunday, right? You're gonna yeah, be that sounds, yeah, that sounds great, my friend. Have a great, <laughs> have have a great day. Yes, and enjoy the, enjoy the game. Enjoy the game. It's uh, – it's you know it's Christmas weekend next weekend, but he's maybe in case he terminates you before the show, he's wishing you a happy man, holiday. Give me that Urban <laughs> treatment, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Robert, you have a great one, my friend. Have a good show. Right. See ya. Take care. Always great All to right. see you, Robert. Yes, sir. Robert Butler from Sportscope. Always a pleasure having him on. He's been with us a long time since the beginning, really. Folks, we're gonna take a quick, quick uh, official time out here. Our break where Jack can get up and stretch and, and maybe change his shirt or whatever he wants to do. I'm not saying he has to change his shirt. <laughs> he looks really good today. Honestly, Jack has really stepped up his attire uh, the last few shows. I'm very impressed. Yeah, he's um, getting so ready I, to go to Tampa. Yes. I don't uh, have to no, fight. no. I'm, I'm in quarantine. I'm on yeah, the yeah. NFL list. Yes. Oh. He's, he's good. Yeah. Yes. It's not just it's not just because of COVID. Not it's just, just the in general. players, the fans, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yes, Went to so a right, we'll be out. We'll be out. We'll be back right after these messages, yeah. folks. All right. forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans in your community, then join AMVETS. Each year, AMVETS members volunteer millions of hours at VA healthcare facilities from coast to coast, helping to improve the lives of their fellow veterans through the VA Voluntary Services Program. AMVETS posts and departments also participate in a wide variety of community service projects 
ranging from Americanism in our schools to supporting the Special Olympics and Boy Scouts of America. If you no longer wear the uniform today, you can still serve through the AMVETS by joining today at AMVETS.org. When the job is done, this guy will be ready to dig into something mighty good to eat. How do you handle a hungry man? Manhandlers. One of the manhandlers is Campbell's Vegetable Beef. Get a man-sized supper off to a good hot start. Mmm, good. The manhandlers. Hi, Grandma. What's for dinner? Hey, honey, I'm making stew tonight. Ooh, can Nina come over? I'm not sure about our new friend. I wonder if there's been any drinking going on. Alcohol at her age can lead to so many bad things. I've been meaning to ask you, what would happen if someone offered you a drink? Grandma? This is hard. She's so young. But I know I need to talk to her about it now before someone tries to give her alcohol. If anyone ever does offer you a drink, I want you to say no. I have too much respect for my family and I don't want to get in trouble. Okay. Really? I promise, Grandma. I love you too. Okay, how about tasting the stew and telling me what you think? Mm. Some children may try alcohol as young as nine years old. It's not too early to talk about drinking. For tips on how to begin the conversation, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. That's underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. This message brought to you by SAMHSA and this station. fermentation. Most brewers just ferment their beer once, but Schaefer is fermented twice. Once to make it beer, and twice to make it Schaefer. The one beer with flavor so fine, it keeps shining through, glass after frosty glass. More than one fermentation is one reason, but of course there's more than one reason behind the one beer to have when you're having more than one. So you just lay down. Killed. Yeah, well, Kyle's not here. How come? Kicked off the team. Didn't Tim tell you? Kyle and some other kids got caught drinking beer in the park a couple of nights ago. What time are we really? leaving? Yeah. Zero tolerance. He's out for the season. 9.30 still. Come on, it's a first offense, right? That we know of. But why should that matter? He knew not to drink. I've made it clear to Matt that's what we expect from him. What have you said to Tim? Um, nothing really. You know, a lot of kids try it at this age, so... Yeah, well, a lot of kids don't try it, too. I'm not saying that Matt's going to be this perfect kid, but if I don't tell him what we expect and why he shouldn't drink, how's he going to know? You see kids that age really listen. Okay. <laughs> they never admit it, Bill. But they hear more than you think. Talk. They hear you. For more information about talking with kids about underage drinking, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov.
This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning. You're listening to the Mac and Jack Sports Show on Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Mac Jack and Jim Big Football Show as we're here every Sunday live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch, and also being shared to all our other outlets as we always do here on the Big Football Show. And January 1st, this is even going to be another outlet. Yes, there is. So, well, I, I don't know if it'll be January 1st. We're shooting for the second, uh, Jim, as we yes. go uh, try to get on the Roku channel. So, folks, well, I have a Roku channel on Roku TV. So, if you're all out there, I'll get. We'll make an announcement when it will get published, and it's official. If you you'll be able to um, add Northeast Streaming Sports to your Roku TV, and you know there's 90 million people in the country with Roku TVs right now, and hopefully we can get on a percentage of them and start growing from there too. Yeah, Mac, are we going to congratulate Jim on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers winning the Grey Cup? Yes. yes, yes, we did. We did talk about that on 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 J and B. They talked about that. Well, okay. uh, yes, you know? yes. And, uh, I'm uh, so happy for my son. Um, son did a great he's worked job. extremely hard, and thank you, Jack. Um, uh, he's worked extremely hard. This is his second uh, championship back to back because they didn't play in 20, and I mean they had a uh, great year, and he had That's a great kind year. of the Super Bowl. Yep, it is. It's the Super Bowl of Canada. Yeah. But the only thing I hate about it, it was freezing out there. And it was like 45, oh, 50 yeah. mile per hour winds. Uh, Big J has gotten soft on me. Yeah, they, you're right. They, they can't find a warm place in Canada, you know, to hold the game yearly. Exactly. And... British Columbia. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Jim Jim was out there in a t shirt when he was playing up there in Giant Stadiums. Exactly. And I was yeah. in Buffalo. Yes, yeah, in Buffalo. Now, I was you, like, man. You know, you out there and this stuff. <laughs> it's a lot different sitting there, isn't it, Jim? It is. I, it really my advice is. Is, is ginger brandy, Jim. That works very well all the time uh, to keep your insides warm when it's really yeah. cold out there. Um, thank you, Pickles. And Pickles uh, comes on with us all the time, and and he really uh, he really comes on and, and stays with us through the picks and everything. And it's a great compliment. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, we a good man. We, we try to keep this show going lively and personable at the same time, which is very hard. Well, I guess we got, I have to cut Jack off from what he does best sometimes, but it is amusing <laughs> sometimes that I have to do that. And Jack does it on purpose. So I have to do that. So it kind of works out really well. And having Jim here with his insightfulness in the NFL as a former, uh, the legend really, uh, uh the best defensive event in Dallas Cowboys history, in my opinion, and probably in the opinions of others, on Doomsday, I don't. He was on Doomsday too, yeah, Not only and Doomsday, really three and Doomsday three too. Doomsday, Doomsday afternoon. Doomsday. Well, yeah, he was what right. Doomsday was kind of the first Doomsday. I think was fading out towards the end. Veteran players when you first yes, Doomsday, Doomsday one was Lily Pugh. Yeah. I remember the other two, and then Doomsday two. Um, Larry, um, Larry Cole. Right, right, Larry Cole, and yeah. and I'm trying to remember and the George other guy. And there George you go. Andre. There you go. And then Doomsday 2 was, you know. Uh, Randy White. Randy White. Uh, uh, there was um, Ed Tutal Jones, Harvey, Harvey Martin. Martin. Right. Yeah. No so offense, I, guys, but I, I kind of like the fearsome foursome. 
you know, the well, Rams. I liked him too. He can yeah, challenge Lamar Lundy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me too. I mean, that was a heck of a front four to go up against yeah, any time. Erlen Olsen, yeah. And, yeah, and you, forgot the, you forgot you forgot the most important, the number one sack leader of, in history, if they were counted back then, the Deacon himself, Deacon Jones. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Him, yeah. See, every, every, every NFL defensive lineman at that in that era always looked up to Deacon Jones and guys like that. Yeah. And yeah. it's just was, like in the era that I was in, Reggie White and Bruce yeah. Smith were, you know, and, and then after me, Michael Strahan. Right, right. These yeah. guys were tremendous dangerous. players. Dangerous. They were dangerous. Um, so, folks, we should get and, – and you know something? Uh, Pickles, again, thank you. And the, the Purple People Eaters, I mean, Alan yeah, Page, you can't forget them. One of, Alan Page, one of the only MVPs next to Lawrence Taylor, I think it was, that won the MVP of the league as a defensive player. There was only two players in the history of football that have done that. And that's that's quite a feat. Alan Page was awesome. Jim Marshall, Carl Eller, and Larson oh, yeah. weren't too bad either. So I mean, you know, th- those were some great defenses. Uh, they were, then. but they didn't show up in the Super Bowl. Carl Eller would be considered an all-time great had the Vikings defense showed up in the Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. But the games weren't even close. They get blown out, and they, you know, they lost four Super Bowls. I think one. I think I think one game was sixteen to six. Yeah, they were never really in it against the Steelers. That was the Steelers' first Super Bowl under the Chuck Noll era. Going against you always in some of those. L. C. Greenwood. Why is he not in the Hall of Fame? I mean, right. they won. Because he, he was surrounded by, a, like you could relate to this. He was surrounded by a lot of great, great players, so he couldn't stand out. That's why you didn't stand out and You're right. You're right because you were surrounded with all this greatness around you. That's why it takes someone a while to get in. Like Gil Hodges just got in the Baseball Hall of Fame. He was surrounded by a lot of legendary Dodger players. So you kind of, unfortunately and unfairly, get lost in the shuffle because of that. But then you look at even, I I think that Joe Klecko. I mean, oh, yeah. Joe Klecko was a great player. I mean, yeah, he had Gaslaw Abdul Salam on that line, Marty Lyons, but still, yeah. Klecko was a difference maker. Was, was it engine? Well, Harry Carson didn't get in the Hall of Fame That's so true. quickly because he was surrounded by a lot of great players. That's true. Yeah. yeah, you make yeah. a good point. So, so folks, until Pags comes in, which he should have come in by now. I know he's having uh, some some. He issues. might not come in until Tuesday. Yeah, that's true. He was invited. So we're going to get to our, our, our games. We're going to start breaking down the games. Um, you know, some have been moved around, and I don't know if the lines will change because of it. I think lines are going up and down because of players coming back and players not. You know, I think, in fact, I think uh, uh, the Washington line has changed uh, against the Eagles lately, but I don't have that current information. So we'll go with what we got, which was yesterday. This morning, I think the, the lines have changed a little bit. So we got the Browns and the Raiders. We're not really sure uh, if Baker's going to play or not. I think he's going to, according to the new policy. But again, I'm not 100% sure. I don't know anybody that is. So uh, we're going to take what they got right now. The Browns are favored by six over the Raiders. The Raiders have been playing just awful lately. I mean, i got to be honest. They haven't been playing well at all on either side of the ball. Um, And again, the Browns, they still have a physical good running game. If Baker plays or the second-string quarterback plays, of course, it will make a big difference. 
But in this, I got to go with the with the Browns over the radio, Raiders guys. What do you think, Jack? Didn't I say last week before the game the Browns were going to run the table? They weren't losing again until they got to the Super Bowl, and they beat the Ravens. They yeah. were underdog in that game, and they've got it started. COVID is the issue here. I hate to say it, but if uh, if they have to go with a third-string quarterback here, it's going to be a problem. i got to feel I'll have enough guys back to eke out a victory. So you're going to take the Browns? I'll take the Browns, yeah. How about you, Chip? This this is a difficult one. It's in um, Vegas, correct? Right. Or is it's in Las Vegas? And um, the it's Raiders. In Cleveland. Actually, it's in Cleveland, isn't it? Let me double check it. Am I wrong here? Let me double check. Let me double check. Yeah. Two different two, two different sources here. Let me see. One on one side. One on the other. The Raiders are at Cleveland, Jack. You are correct. They are. At yeah. Okay. Um. Ooh, this is a tough one because I think the Raiders are a little bit more healthier at this point than Cleveland because you don't know, like you said, Megafield might be playing. <laughs> and the Raiders um, actually have some COVID issues. I mean, not Raiders, but Cleveland has some uh, COVID issues on uh, defense too. They brought some guys back. But I'm going to have to – I'm just going to take a flyer on this. I'm going to go with the Raiders. And I'm like Pickles. I think the Raiders by three. Okay, sounds great. Uh, the Patriots against the Colts. I'm taking the Colts. Who do you guys get? We'll drop that one. Um, we have the Panthers uh, playing the Bills. And the Panthers are getting 10 points. Bills have lost some really tough games. And I think they've got to get it together. But can they beat them uh, by more than 10? It's in, it's in Buffalo. I'm thinking they're gonna they're gonna put on a show today, guys. I'm gonna take the Bills uh, minus the ten. Yeah, I mean the Bills on the losing streak. They put it all together. They beat the Panthers by around twenty points this game. I'm still really annoyed at the Bills. Their last game losing to Tampa Bay the way they did. They're down seventeen points. Get two touchdowns. They're driving to go ahead. The Tampa Bay defense is on their heels. They have fourth down and two from the seven-yard line, and they kick a field goal to tie it up to send it into overtime. They win the coin flip. They get the ball on the – they have it on their own 32-yard line, something like fourth and a yard and a half or something like that, and they punt the ball over to Tom Brady. I mean, come on. You know, I didn't like the coaching decisions, but Bills are going to let it all out. You know, all their pent-up anger, losing three in a row or something, and they're going to beat Carolina easy today. What do you think? Um, Darnold has been practicing. They don't think he's ready to play, obviously. So with that said, I think the Bills are going to get after Carolina. I think, yeah, we talk about college coaches coming into the NFL, and I know Matt Rule has uh, also had coached in the NFL for the Giants, actually. Mm -hmm. So I think that you have to do it that way. They're doing it with Carolina. I think Carolina's going to be a good team and if they stay with Matt Rule in a year or two, but not this year. Not no, this I mean, year. listen, I they, they've, they've improved already, Jim, since the time yes. he's yeah. got there. Go ahead, Jim. They were 3-0, and no, Carolina, to start the exactly. year. We thought they were absolutely on their way to the playoffs. Now they hit a bump. But notice one thing, unlike Urban Meyer, there's no dissension in Carolina. At least yep. they got it together. They're staying exactly. together as a team, and that's a good sign. 
and that's I exactly agree. right. I agree. I agree. Listen, uh, you know, I think Matt Rule is going to do very well there. I think he's, a, I think he's a good coach. Um, so they've already improved. They drafted really well. I know. I think Darnold was was a good move. I don't know if it was it's going to work out for him. I think. I think their good. problem is uh, with Carolina is they got to find and Chris McCaffrey is a talent, yeah. but he can't stay healthy. You got to find a running back. I love Pickles' line. If Donald plays Buffalo by 26, I so know. much Jim's analysis saying, well, maybe if Donald plays, I got a shot. Yep. Pickles, pickles with the last word there. We got the Lions getting 13 and a half at the Cardinals. Big spread. Sometimes Detroit plays really well, and sometimes they get blown out as the Eagles did. And I think I, know, I think Buffalo did too. One of the teams did that, that was pretty hot at the time kind of blew them out. I think I think Detroit, Detroit Detroit's going to be interesting next couple of years. It's a hard it's a hard organization I think to coach and to run. Um, I don't know, you know, they haven't been good in a long, 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 long time. But that being said, the Cardinals should win easily. I'm going to take the Cardinals after losing to the Rams uh, last game, and I think they lost that game. That the Rams really didn't beat them. I think they made some really bad errors. It was a good game, other than that. I think the Cardinals rev it up and, and destroy the Lions. Well, the Cardinals are something like a 13-point favorite, and I don't know what the Lions' record is against the spread, but I bet that it's good this year. And I, I, I think they'll hold it within 13 points. Uh, just very quickly, when you give your analysis, Jim, Mac feels Arizona could continue to be explosive with DeAndre Hopkins out the rest of the regular season. I don't think they could keep the same explosiveness when you lose a weapon like DeAndre Hopkins. What do you think? Well, um, first of all, let me talk about it. I think Mac also mentioned this last week. Detroit plays better at home than they do on the road. Yes. Where they've had their issues is on the road, and this is a road game for them. And so I'm going to go with Arizona. And back to your point. Well, uh, the Lions 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 at home, Jim. The Lions are at home this week. Lions at home. The Lions are going to play them tougher at home. Yeah, Lions are home, then they play tougher at home. I don't think, but I think Arizona's got something to prove now. So I think Arizona will still win, and they'll win by 13, but it's not going to be easy. And back to you with Hopkins, have you seen James Conner play? That's Mm -hmm. been pretty exceptional. Running back to do the things, and he's like a receiver out of the backfield. Obviously, he can run the ball, but he's doing things. And I think um, right now, Arizona has enough to offset it. What concerned me about Arizona is watching what Aaron Donalds did to Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray was not even getting touched. He saw Aaron Donald come and he fell down. I'm like, <laughs> he didn't even try to escape. He just that, fell down. That might be smart. Like, is this that real? Might, that might be smart, Jim. You know, I, I don't know. It I might mean, be smart, but where's your competitive? You're just yeah, going to take it? You gonna just take? I don't know. Well, he has a bad shoulder. In all fairness, maybe that was the plan going into the game with the coach. Still, Jack, don't just go down. Don't push it. And they drilled it into him. Maybe Jack, Jack, you're in the game to win. Yeah, I mean, is he gonna be in the uh, playoffs? And somebody's coming after him. He's gonna fall down. Let Let me tell you something. We were talking before back in the day. Joe Namath had to miss a whole season because he got injured making a tackle against the Lions in a preseason game. 
he went, tried to make the tackle, Joe Namath, in the preseason game. And what does that mean? Uh, we did mindset change with the quarterbacks. We did, you know, like I just I thought ball. that was pretty you know, unusual. Extra, yeah. Well, well, Jim's just talking about the normal course of a quarterback, not not him trying to tackle somebody around on the exactly. field. Any, any quarterback worth his weight in gold. I don't know. It's a competitive spirit with Kyler Murray. I mean, chances are the coaching staff has talked to him that you're injured. Don't, you know, just go down immediately. Don't try to stretch for a yard or two. If you're about to get tackled, just go down. Well, again, I, I just like uh, Max said, when I, I didn't, I mean, Brett Favre, I sacked him for 25 yards, but he tried to escape and things like that. But I just never seen quarterbacks do that. Just, well, he did Brett Favre against Michael Strahan to get the record. Oh, that's he's very slipped. unusual. He slipped. Come on, guys. Stop ah. taking Strahan. He, he came back and Strahan was right there and he planted his feet and he slipped. And oh, said, man, all right, man. you got me. But I, all I'm saying is that was pretty unusual last week. Yes. What yes. he was doing. And he, yeah. he, you're right, Jack. He could have been injured, but yeah. I've very seldom seen players do that. So we got the Jets going to the Dolphins. Jets getting eight and a half points. Um, you know, again, I, Miami's been running, uh, winning a lot lately. They've been playing a lot better. It's just something about this game. I think sometimes you win, and all of a sudden there's that bump in the road, and it's against a team you maybe don't think it should be against. I didn't. I'm not saying the Jets are winning this game. But I think it'll be a close game. So I'm going to take the Jets. Jetman pumped me up with his license plate and everything. So I'm going to go with the Jets to cover, uh, to stay within the points, Jack. Um, Miami has a lot of COVID issues. So, it, you know, it gives the Jets a chance. It's so unpredictable. And uh, Miami's, what, on a five-game winning streak here? I mean, how can you how can you really pick the Jets to win this game? I mean, it's kind of hard, and it's uh, – I just don't see with the Jets very quickly. I'm going to say this, the improvement going forward. Robert Salah is going to be the coach next year. The team at least is united. There's not dissension there. But how many, you know, where the pieces improving exactly, you know? And the personnel doesn't seem to be that great. And the defense has regressed a little from early in the year. You know, you got to go with the Dolphins in this game. But this is a trap game for the Dolphins, actually. Maybe the Jets could rise to the occasion. I wouldn't be shocked if the Jets won this game. But with that said, Miami should win. And I think they'll win by more than the nine and a half points or so. They're wow. favored. Jack just gave the two extremes of the same argument that the Jets. No, I thought those were good arguments. I think that he makes a good point. I think the Jets are united. That's not the question. But it's talent or how that talent is being used to me and i think that miami is going to cover I, i'm another one who think i'd like you know i'd like the jets to be competitive in this game but they got other issues right now and it's key issues but i was uh Jetman was talking about mims and that he's in the doghouse but if you remember a couple years ago there's a receiver at Carolina named Robbie Anderson, who was in the doghouse, and he became a pretty good receiver. <laughs> That's the well, truth. It was a money just... issue to a Robbie Anderson. They yeah. didn't want to give him the contract he wanted. Okay. And Matt Rowe was his college coach, so that was a great fit for him yeah. to go to Carolina. And, and, yeah. and fairly, they were under probably one of the worst head coaches in the history of football, uh, Adam Chase, who. I, he mean, was, I, <laughs> I mean, he, he I can't do. argue with you. 
with you there. Oh, my God, he was terrible. The Cowboys, <laughs> minus 10 and a half at the Giants. I don't care. The Cowboys all had COVID. The Cowboys are going to beat the Giants by more than 10 and a half points, Jeff. You know, something tells me about certain teams late in the season. They have the same players they had at the beginning of the season when we thought they'd have a decent team. And sometimes they show up late to the party, you know, and they kind of put it together. And the Giants have the personnel to actually put it together. But, you know, the Cowboys are a little better, you know, let's face it. And they've been playing a lot better on top of it. But I think it's going to be a competitive game. Cowboys by 10 points or so. I think the Giants are really going to play them tough. It's in, it's in, you know, it's in New York. It's in New Jersey. So it's never that easy for the Cowboys when they come there. And the Giants did beat them the last game of the season last year. Yes, they did. And, uh, yeah. Now, you're going to be shocked when I say this. First of oh. all. First of all, the Cowboys lost two defensive linemen to obviously Kobe protocol, as we see. Um, but uh, it is a division game. And history says that the Cowboys have always, and since I've been playing and when I played, we've always had tough games in New York or New Jersey, really. And this is not going to be any difference. I'm like Pickles. I think the Cowboys will win. But the Giants are covered. I think it's only going to be a six-point game or things like that. Now, Saquon hasn't practiced, and I'm not sure he's going to play. You would know more than I would, but yes, I just think that I hope he does. I hope he doesn't play, Jim. I I I I hope they just sit him down because you know something. I I just think it's going to be a competitive game because it is a division game. Yeah, I I I can understand that. I, I still think the Cowboys kill him, but you know about Saquon. I think if he's not going to play full time, if they're going to bring him, up, don't play him. I mean, the guy that replaced him book is it Booker? Yes, he played. He had one good game in a win. He ran for over 100 yards, caught a few balls out of the backfield. They knew what they were doing. They got a game plan for Booker. Bringing Saquon in and out does nothing for the Giants. Yeah, I mean, you're going to call a couple of plays. You're going to call a swing pass out of the backfield. They don't know that's coming. You're going to try to run him off. They don't know that's coming. I mean, either he's going to play the full game. Be your major weapon, or sit them down because all you're doing is making it worse. I mean, if you yeah. got, if you got a good back, for instance, Jim. All right, if if Zeke is hurt, I mean he's hurt supposedly, and he can't play, and you got a running back behind him, and what you do that's pretty good. Why would you keep trying to change things around? When the guy's not going to be effective when you give him the ball, it makes no sense. In fact, you're calling extra plays to give this guy the ball when he's hurt. You know he can't do it. It just mm-hmm. drives me out of my mind. You know, maybe yeah, it's time to push yeah. up. I don't know. Go ahead, Jim. But here's the thing about the Giants. And if you remember at the beginning of the year, I picked them to uh, win the NFC East. But injuries have devastated them. Not really COVID. It's injuries in key positions, obviously, this week. With Daniel Jones being out, uh, Zeke—I mean not Zeke—but uh, uh, Saquon's been hurt all year, and they've had injuries. And for whatever reason, they talk about get them in or anything. You have to find why these injuries are happening, and how can you prevent them in the future? And that's the thing, because if they're not healthy, they're not going to have an opportunity. Byron makes a good point. If they can stay healthy next year, they're going to be a tough team in the NFC East. 
because no team has won it twice in a row. Well, I'm, I'm going to tell you, this. honestly, Jack, before you go, just before you go, their offensive line stinks, end of subject. And until they improve that, I don't care who they have. That's they their have offensive line. in the first, in, uh, first round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Their offensive line stinks. Go ahead, Jack. They could trade <laughs> with somebody. Or, you remember uh, the 49ers <laughs> traded for Trent Williams. True. The biggest decision facing the Giants is going to be what to do with Saquon Barkley, whether to give him the big contract at the end of the year or to move on. And so what do they have to lose by playing him the next few games? If he can play the next few games injury-free, it maybe indicates he could, you know, handle a heavy workload going forward. And no one wants to see him get injured. But if he gets hurt, there's your answer. You know, we can't sign him to the long-term deal. We have to move on from him. That's why I think it's very important Saquon Barkley gets a lot of touches moving forward. Yeah, and you always have to be careful with running backs. Look at what's happening with Zeke and running backs around the league. It's a unique position because of the pounding that you take. The punishment you take. Yeah. I agree. Folks, we're going to be right back. We're taking our last break for today. It's going to be a quick one. We'll be back on the other side with some more game breakdowns. Join me, Jack, Jim, and Pickles as we break down all the NFL games. We'll be right back after this, folks. I heard you want to be a Frito Bandido like me. You do. And you must sing the Bandido song. Let's sing together. You just follow the bouncing Fritos corn chips bag. Ay, 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 ay. I am the Frito Bandido baby. I like Fritos corn chips. I love them, I do. I want Fritos corn chips. I'll get them from you. Ay, 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 ay. Oh, I am the Frito Bandito. Give me Fritos corn chips and I'll be your friend. The Frito Bandito, you must not offend. Now, boys and girls, you are Frito Bandidos too. You sing the Frito Bandito song and you look over crunchy Fritos corn chips. That's nice. Munch, 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 munch Fritos corn chips. You served honorably in our nation's armed forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans in your community, then join AMVETS. Each year, AMVETS members volunteer millions of hours at VA healthcare facilities through the VA Voluntary Services Program. AMVETS posts and departments also participate in a wide variety of community service projects ranging from Americanism in our schools to supporting the Special Olympics and Boy Scouts of America. If you no longer wear the uniform today, you can still serve through the AMVET by joining today at amvets.org. Just say, but wiser, you've said it all. Here comes the king of beer, so let your glasses hear me now. But wiser beer's the one that's leading the rest. When you say, but and he's put a thing with beer at his bed. When you say, but he's telling you so loud and clear.
quick question before we get started. Sorry, Jim, I couldn't hear you. Welcome back to the Mac and Jack and Jim Big Football Show. What do you got, Jim? Quick question before we get started. We talked about the Giants offensive line, correct? Yes. Well, Kansas City, they basically redid their defense offensive line. And yeah, I know Mahomes is, you know, a great quarterback and everything, but they did do it and they're playing well now. It took them time. Everybody thought that it was in Mahomes was going to struggle and he did struggle at the beginning, but as the season progressed, they got better and that couldn't happen. I'm not saying the Giants are going to do that, but I mean, that, that could happen. And the Giants do have two high picks and an, instead of maybe get that veteran offensive lineman that can bring in a, a presence to him. Well, well, two points for that, Jim. First, the Kansas City defense has become twice as good as it was before in the beginning of the season. You'd agree to that, right? And and secondly, they stopped trying to throw the ball down the field every play. They started playing the short game, and they got a very good offensive coordinator there. And, of course, the head coach, Andy Reid, is no joke when it comes to being an offensive coordinator also. So there was a lot of things that happened there, and I agree that – Kansas City did rebuild their offensive line, but they changed the way they call plays too. And the defense has picked it up three times better than they were um, last year. The Giants' defense is not playing nowhere close to it did last year. And and right now, I just think Colombo uh, letting go of 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 Garrett. I mean, there's things that have been there, and 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 going back even before Judge got there, the offensive line stunk, and. That hasn't been that hasn't improved, and until that starts improving in any way, whether it's through the draft or whether it's for getting players, until they can get some kind of chemistry there, which they haven't had in like five years on the offensive line, I don't care who you got there. I don't care who the quarterback is, who the running back is. Truly, you know the game's one in the trenches, and the Giants yeah. have been terrible at that in the last four years. Yeah, and my next question is this: I'm watching Kelsey Kittle and Henry last night. Is this the golden era of tight ends? I mean, there's been some great tight ends, but just like you talked about quarterbacks, is there ever been an era of tight ends like this? I can I can think of I can think of playing at one time in the in the in the in the NFL, and I go way I can even go way back. Um, I know that at one time Jackie Smith for the Cardinals was one of the best. I think Ozzy Newsom played when he played. Um, Bob Tucker was there. I'm trying to. Yeah, yep, there you go. Mackey, too. I mean, Mike Dicker. Yeah. So, I mean, that you're even going further back. I mean, there was, and again, as you, they're using tight ends a lot different than they did back then, too. I mean, to yes. be a great uh, catching tight end was like almost a rarity back then, where right now it's almost expected, right? They actually draft tight ends that can catch the ball more than block. I'm trying to remember who was who's the tight ends when Bravaro played because Bravaro was an animal. Howard Cross. Howard Cross. Um, who was the Kansas City Chiefs? I mean, yeah, the Chiefs tight the Chiefs tight end. I can't yeah. remember the 49ers. There you go, 49ers tight end. Um, and and the Washington oh, Redskins. Yeah. He he passed away, didn't he? Yes, but he was real. No, no, he didn't. Um, you're right. Um, he was a very good tight end, but they weren't anything like these guys now. These guys, no. you know, no. Are, are exceptional. And I mean, the tight end for the Chargers, I, I, uh, you know, they had news. Oh, my uh, God, he was Kevin unbelievable. And, he was unbelievable. 
I um, mean, some of yeah. the players, but this is the plethora of tight ends right now. Yeah. It's pretty impressive. It is. It, it really is. I mean, I you mean, take the Falcons drafting tight end Kyle Pitts, you yes. know, uh, with a fourth overall pick, but they got him basically for his uh, catching ability. But in the past, tight ends would be drafted just about exclusively for how well they blocked. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if you look at Gonzalez and you look <laughs> at, uh, um, oh my goodness, I'm trying to remember his name, Casper for the Raiders. I mean, these oh, were great. Yeah. Those were yeah. great. Ones. They were, but and that's all, what I'm saying. Yeah. The size of them is pretty, these are big guys. These are that not, really these are, and they have basketball player skills right. to play right. tight end. That's what yeah. I was asking. Yeah, I mean it's 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 it has changed that position definitely has evolved a lot. And then you you're right, Schultz. We talk Waller and some of the other ones. Yeah, yeah. So so folks, we're gonna push on as we keep breaking down the uh uh the uh the games. I like them a lot too, pickles. I like that old Raiders team. They they were a bunch of characters, I'll tell you that. Boy, they were fun to watch. Yeah, um, they were. So we have uh the the uh Washington football team versus the Eagles. And guess what? Our our favorite, uh, uh, normally live broadcaster, but he's not live today because the game got changed. The Philly sports guy has popped in as he knew I was going to talk about the Washington football team. <laughs> the Eagles, I guess he had it on, on speed dialer or something. I don't know what happened there. But anyway, folks, uh, we have him in every week. Um, I have him on the show quite frequently. One of my one of my friends I can call friends and, and one of the best Philly sports reporters in the business, the Philly sports guy, Jamie Pags himself. What's going on, Pags? Pags. How are you? Not too bad. Sorry, I'm but so's the game. That's, yeah, that's true. That's true. At least you didn't wait till after 10 o'clock, Pags, because you wouldn't have got on then. Uh, a lot of fans are upset. The team's upset. Washington got that two-game. Uh, delay. The Eagles are ready to play. They weren't. And all of a sudden, Washington has four players available today already as they're changing uh, the rules to coming back to playing. So, Pags, what do you think? The two days off, is that going to hurt the Eagles or are the Eagles going to put it on them even harder? I, I think I don't think that it's going to matter in terms of this game. I think it's more concerning for sun, next Sunday uh, that, that now it's a short week going up against the Giants and in you know, literally in 13 days, they're going to wind up playing three games, you know, uh, you know, divisional games. And I think that that's what everybody's more concerned about here. Uh, I know that Washington's doing everything they can to try to win a game. And that's, you know, can't fault them for doing that. You know, right. so there, you know, that's what I would have done. I guess I would have cried and cried and cried until you got the game moved. And once you move one game, you got to move them all. And I the think that that's what the good news, Pags, is Hertz is participating fully in practice. It looks like may- maybe them two days help him too. I mean, you get fully healthy and back on the field or as healthy as he can be. Um, listen, Washington was hit by the COVID big time. Even if even even if they're even if they're uh, okay to play, I still think the Eagles uh, are a better team at this point in the season than than the Redskins are. Redskins had that little run there and kind of came back to earth last game. I think Philly should be able to beat them with their running game and their defense. Uh, and what's your biggest concern about Washington? The defense, really. I, I think that their offense is not really much. They've got a good running game. They've got a great running back. Uh, and then McLaurin is is definitely 
uh, great at receiving. But I think that those are your weapons there. I think that Heineke is, you know, a little shaky. Uh, he has good games and bad games. And that they did have that nice little winning streak. But yet, you know, yeah, like I said, they did come back down to earth last week. Uh, so we'll see. I, I mean, my expectation is that the Eagles will win this game. But, you know, be, you know, as angry as they are and as, as the fan base is, obviously, I, you knew that they were going to play this game. Yeah, they weren't going to take the forfeit because a forfeit, nobody gets paid. You know, and that includes that includes the Eagles. Yeah. And you know, NFL, the NFL wants to make money. That's that's their thing. Uh, they already said that this was going to you know, the salary cap is out there. That this is how much the salary cap is going to be. And now all of a sudden you're not going to play games. Well, that could affect that. So they went ahead. I I knew that they were going to play this game. I kind of thought they were going to move it. I expect the Eagles will still win. And then we'll see what happens next week against the Giants. Yeah, we sure will. Yeah, don't you think that's a competitive disadvantage for the next week, Pax? Because you are playing the Giants on an even short week. I mean, Tuesday, and then you're going to play next Sunday? Well, and I and that's what makes me nervous about Hurts. You know, at this point, I'd almost not want to see Hurts out there. I'd rather just go with Minshew uh, and then give him that extra five days so that, you know, he'd come back 100% against the Giants rather than try to try to rush back against, you know, Washington and then have a short week. Mm-hmm. So I know that the, I know that I don't understand why they moved it two days, why they why they couldn't move it one day, especially since they changed all the rules with everything. But the NFL does what the NFL does. And now in the process of that, I mean, I had tickets to the Flyers game that night because the Flyers were playing the Washington Capitals. So now I got now I have tickets to both games. Obviously, I can't be in two places at one time as much as I'd like to try. So uh, I'm going to have to sell some of those tickets probably going to be the flyers we'll oh, talk about that after the show but jeff but listen packs uh and jim mack does this make any sense at all you're playing on a tuesday that's a rarity and the next game is sunday you have Minshew and hurts neither's an elite quarterback you call both of them into the office and say one guy is starting tuesday the other sunday so the guy playing next sunday at least he's geared looking ahead is there any way for him to study game film in advance, knowing he's the starter next Sunday, and he doesn't have to worry as much about the Tuesday game. Does that make any sense at all? Go ahead, Max. Uh, no. <laughs> no. No, I don't think that makes sense. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm asking. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like telling a boxer, hey, listen, you don't worry about this game right here. We're going to worry about your next fight. It's a short no, week, instead though. Instead of this fight, an this unusual fight is week. Yeah, I, but it I, is I, Pax. He does have a point. Is, he, uh, he does. He does have a crazy like point. Like you said, Jalen Hurts could use those five days to get fully healthy. Right. Because after the Giants game, yeah. they play the Cowboys. Right. So, so, so I, don't, I would. I, that's not a bad. Hurts play Sunday. Say, don't worry about Tuesday. Minshew has this Tuesday. You're not the starter. We want your concentration. On game film for the they Falcons. won't do that, but that's it, you know what well, the only the only problem with that theory is that if they play and lose against the Redskins and then lose against the Giants too, I mean that's the only I mean that could happen. 
I mean, you you got to take one day at a time, right, Jim? I mean, you got to take one yeah, day at a time. Yeah, if you yeah that's, that's really the biggest concern. If if you put out Minshew and and God forbid they lose this game, you know. And then the other the other thought is is that what happens if now you know Washington goes out there and they you know they say that they get those te- those tests are passed and stuff like that, but somebody somebody actually still has it and the Eagles start getting it. You know, now, and, and, you know, now it's because of that they played this game because the Eagles have fought, followed all of their protocols. You know, they are vaccinated. Yeah. The one guy who got started this whole thing was unvaccinated from Washington. You know, and now they said the NFL set up these rules in place, but now they changed their mind. <coughs> so it's really the NFL that's put themselves in a corner here. Yes. Yes. I yes. Agree. So, Pags, I hate to cut it short, but we got we to gotta finish up these games. We would have had a little bit more fun. I could have gone a lot faster if you were on sooner and got through them faster. But we got to finish him up. You look great. I mean, besides not being shaved and wearing last night's clothes, you look great today, Pags. I'm just like I appreciate that. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, Pags. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Yes. Merry Christmas to you guys. I I had to race on this morning. I know it was hard to get my computer started. So no problem, Pags. I'm glad you come on. And as I always am, and you know, I'll be in touch after show. Have a great Christmas, my friends. All right, you guys do the same. Go birds. Yes, sir. So there you go, guys. The Philly sports guy. Always a pleasure having him on. Uh, one of my, one of my friends off. Off. Oh, show. by the way, my plan would blow up if imagine Minshew started Tuesday and he got injured in the first series, and Hertz is thinking of the following Sunday, and you're rushing him into the game, and he's not really prepared that's that's a you good know, point that's, yeah. Uh, yeah it's again i mean i mean you know jack it would have been a great idea if like the eagles were in first by like three games it'd be a great idea but they got it they got it it's an unusual situation that's yeah they're still trying to make it's a very bizarre situation yeah. they but i think that that's i i agree with mark davis i think this is a competitive disadvantage yeah for teams. i agree i definitely agree. I, I know this is the covid era and i know all the things that we talked about so Lee so guys, no so guys let's, let's get let's get to the games here. We got the Steelers and the Titans. The Steelers are getting two. Uh, I like. I mean, the Titans are going to Steelers. Excuse me. Steelers are still getting two at home. I like the Steelers in a play this week. I think the Steelers uh, pull this one out. What do you think, Jack? Uh, tight game, low scoring game. I'll go with the Titans to eke it out by maybe seventeen to sixteen. I'm going to go with the Titans. I think the Titans are a little bit better. and I know Big Ben has been playing better in the last couple of weeks in the, in the Pittsburgh. And, I, you know, Tomlin does a heck of a job. But I just think the Titans are going to, like you said, squeak it out. I, know, I, just like the, I just like the North Division in this game. Texans at the Jaguars. Or, uh, yeah, they're at the Jaguars. Texans is getting three. Do the Jags respond well? to uh, Urban Meyer being fired, or do they go down the tubes because they're not sure what's going to happen next? I just like the Jags over the Texans no matter what, so I'm taking the Jags. Well, as a term, I mean, if I'm going to, if I'm on the street, I'll say this game is whack, okay? <laughs> I mean, the Jacksonville-Houston, listen, no excuses for Jacksonville now. Uh, if they perform very, very poorly, they don't have that comfort zone of pointing to Urban Meyer I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I'm waiting for Trevor Lawrence to get it going. I can't see an explosion 
this week, but let's say Jacksonville 17 to 14. Someone's got to win the game. Who's the worst of the two teams? I think Jacksonville's personnel is a little better than Houston's, and that'll, you know, help them get by. I have to go with Jacksonville, too. I think Jacksonville will squeak it out. I don't think it'll be a great game, but I think Jackson will win. And Pickle says by uh, four, four, I would have to agree about four and maybe seven. Well, there you go. There you go. Bengals uh, are playing the Broncos. This is wild card, uh, you know, this implications here. So the Bengals are getting one and a half. I think they're playing in Denver, if I'm correct, and uh, I can't find it right now. Yes, they are. So uh, I don't know. Denver has the most consistent team uh, with the Bengals. The Bengals can jump up and throw 41 points on you if you're not careful. I just like the Broncos. They're a solid team, and uh, I think they're just a little bit better than the Bengals. Yeah, I don't like the Bengal defensive unit. I like Denver's. They have a lot of upside, you know, with their linebacking core. And playing in Denver, I mean, Cincinnati going. That's going to be a close game because Cincinnati's, you know, obviously good offensive team, has weapons there. But I like Denver to win a close game in mile high. Again, we have uh, some COVID issues with Cincinnati's defense. And I think that Denver is going to uh, rise to the occasion and they're going to play well. And they're going to beat uh, Cincinnati in Denver. You got the Falcons going to uh, San Francisco, going to the West Coast, which isn't as bad as coming to the East. Nothing to do with location, people, just the time changes. Um, 49ers are giving the Falcons eight and a half. I, I see the 49ers starting to play well. I think they're going to beat up the Falcons this week, guys. What do you think, Jeff? Yeah, I think the 49ers win easy by 20 points. So I'll tell you, the Falcons, only six and seven. You might say only. I think they've overachieved. I don't think they have a good team at all, yet they they win today. Their record's going to be 500. It's amazing. Uh, You know, Jim mentioned the COVID issues. I have a hard time picking these games because of this. Before you just study the injury chart and make predictions partly based on that, now with COVID issues, guys are coming and going. Guys on the list might be back. Guys who are not on the list might get pulled from the game. It's harder to predict football no games this year than ever before. I'm lost this week, quite honestly. I'm lost in analyzing these games. No question. I don't know what I'm doing this week. I don't know what I'm doing this week. I could agree with you guys when you say I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, we understand, but yeah. 49ers are going to pull this out. They're going to not even pull it out. They're going to win by a, a large amount. Debo, they can't stop Debo. Debo is going to get after them. I, I, I think you're right, and watch because we all said that the Falcons. And the by. Jimmy G story continues where he whether he's going to be their quarterback next year. You know, we thought he'd be gone. That's a story to fix. That's so we have we have Green Bay going to Baltimore. Green Bay is giving Baltimore five points. Very interesting spread. I don't know if Lamar Jackson is playing or not. I know he got hurt last week. Yeah, I'm I'm going to take uh, the Ravens with the physicality over the Packers. I'm going to take the points, uh, especially with the Ravens playing at home. What do you think, Jack? 
No, I like the Packers. I think we mentioned this on the last show with Jim. I think it's going to come out at the end of the year that Lamar Jackson is more hurt than let on. He's just a shell of the player he was early in the year. And, you know, the story with Green Bay, if you look at them statistically, their offense is an elite. They're not amongst the leaders offensively, statistic-wise. Defensively, that's been the story of that team. I mean, they've come up, they have a really good defensive unit. I like the Packers there. I like the Packers too. And um, I like any team that Aaron Rodgers is on has got a chance to win and the way he yeah. plays. And so I'm yeah. going to go with the Packers. All right, great. Seahawks getting seven points versus the Rams. I think they're playing in, in LA. Um, Tuesday, correct? It's a division game. Yes, I think it's Tuesday. Um, I got my nose. Yeah, um, so anyway, Seahawks are playing the Rams. Seahawks seem to give the division teams a hard time all the time they play. I'll take the points with the Seahawks, Jack. Yeah, the Rams are oh, oh, I'm going to – well, the points with the Seahawks. How many points are they favored Seven. by the Rams? Seven. Seven. I'll give the points and take the Rams. The Rams have an elite team. The Seahawks don't. It's hard to believe Russell Wilson is actually auditioning for other teams. I mean, I don't know whether Seattle – knows whether they're going to move on from him. But teams are studying Russell Wilson very carefully the rest of the year because he's going to be a hot commodity when the season ends. What do you got, Jim? I'm I'm going to go with uh, the Rams to win the game, but the Seahawks to cover. I right. think the Rams will win. And uh, I think the Rams are another team that's getting into and understanding there. I don't trust Stafford, but I think they have enough to beat the uh, Seahawks. We have the Saints getting 10 versus the Bucks. Um, I don't think this is going to be that close. I think the Bucks win by by uh, at least 14 points. What do you got, Jack? Uh, no, no. This was supposed to be Jameis Winston's return to Tampa. So that storyline disappeared, disappeared early in the year. The Bucks have made their Super Bowl push now. I mean, they're focused in... It seemed like they were treading water a little a good part of the year, even though they were winning. And I think they they win easy. Sean Payton's an elite coach, but he'd do well if, if you know, if he could keep the Saints, you know, in the seven to ten point range behind the Bucks. But the Bucks should win by about seventeen. I agree. I think the Bucks are gonna get after and like you guys have said, the Bucks are gonna get after uh, New Orleans. Payton won't be there. This is the second time he's had COVID. And um, Dennis Allen will be running the team. But I just think the Bucks, even without Leonard Fournette, have too much for the Saints. Yeah, the Saints, the Saints have fell. And they're going to continue to fall, I think, guys, next year, too, unless they make some unbelievable moves offseason. The Vikings, minus three at the Bears. If the Vikings want to continue to have a shot at the wild card, they have to beat the Bears. I think it's I think the Vikings are just a better team than the Bears right now. So I'll take the Vikings, give it three and a half points. Yeah, same way. I agree with you on that. My, if, if the Vikings lose this game and they don't make the playoffs, Mike Sim is going to be gone as Viking coach. But they should have enough left to beat the Bears by about I seven. Think, I think so, too. What do you think? I have to agree, too. I have to agree, too. I think the uh, Vikings will win this game. And the Bears, um, when you talk about Zimmer, McNaggy's in a lot of trouble too. So yes, I, they both could be um, on the unemployment, unfortunately, on the unemployment line. 
I, I agree, and I think Zimmer is a good coach. If not a head coach, he's definitely a good, great defensive coach. Um, so anyway, folks, um, that's it for the Mac Jack and Jim football show. Not enough time to get to our extra picks, but it was a lot of fun, a lot of great guests. It was fun having you, uh, all the viewers we did in all the comments. Uh, guys, have a, a Merry Christmas. Uh, for the yes, ones I don't Merry know. Christmas. Merry Pick- Pickles, Carlos. Yeah. Yes, all you guys. You guys have a great Christmas, and I'll see you after uh, uh, the next week. Well, we'll be back. We'll be back Thursday, me and Jack, and uh, Jim and uh, Byron will be on um, the uh, JMB Talking Shop Wednesday Wednesday night. So uh, you guys have a great day. I hope you're. I'm on tomorrow night with Glove Fest. Oh, yeah, we got him. And and Jack will be wearing a different shirt, I think, but maybe not. We'll see. That's the exciting thing, is looking forward to what shirt Jack will be wearing. Folks, have a great Sunday, and I hope your team wins. All right.